Normally, I spend my time organising and sorting out other people's holidays, but sometimes I like to get away myself and take a little break. I'm John from Adventure Shetland, and as I'm heading down to mainland Scotland for a little holiday myself, I thought I'd share this from my last trip to the mainland. This is day one of the West Highland Way. The West Highland Way is Scotland's oldest and by far the most well-known long-distance walk. It was first launched in 1980 and it extends 96 miles from Milgai, just outside Glasgow, Scotland's largest city, and uh, finishes in Fort William at the foot of Ben Nevis, Scotland's highest mountain. And on the way, it passes through some incredible countryside and along the shores of Scotland's largest loch, Loch Lomond obviously well known in its own right as well. Um, So these are a few things that I spotted along the way on day one of the West Highland Way. Um, I haven't done or included the full route in this because simply that would make the episode far too long, but it's just a little taster of of things that you can get up to and the things that you'll see if you choose to do the West Highland Way yourself. So this is a slightly unusual one for me. Um, I'm very much not in Shetland at the moment. Uh, I'm down on the mainland to do an outdoor first aid course. And uh, I'm based in Mulgai for that, which is the start point for the West Highland Way. So I thought I'd take a little bit of a wander along the early sections of the walk and take you along with for a look. So let's see what we see. So the first few miles of the West Highland Way lead through Mugduck Country Park and Mugduck Wood, um, which is kind of a bit of a novelty really for me as a Shetlander because we don't have vast areas of forestation and trees like this. Um, this is the third time I've walked on this section of the West Highland Way. I've done the whole thing twice, um, just doing a small a small bit today. Um, but it's the first time I've, I've walked through here in the autumn and I have to say the colours in the trees are just phenomenal. Um, it does help that it's a, a beautiful day, uh, kind of a rare occurrence at this time of year. Um, but no, we've got a good one and the colours are just phenomenal. Um, so I highly recommend it actually, walking at this time of year if you get the chance. taking a short detour off the West Highland Way to show you something that I think you might like. Um, I know I do. Can't resist a castle. (laughs) 
This is Mugduck Castle. Um, nobody knows exactly how old it actually is, um, but the tower behind me, which is the oldest point, goes all the way up there. And that wall joining onto it are the remains of the oldest part, which were here at least in 1372. Um, so there's been a castle on this site since the at least the middle of the 14th century. Um, we know that because there was a document signed here um, about a land dispute in the area. This is the remains of the Victorian Manor House. It used to be a three-story building. It was built in 1874 and lived in until 1948. Um, it's incredible just how much it's deteriorated in that time. It's almost gone. Although there are still one or two modern trappings around the place. So we've left Mugduck Country Park now. Um, we're now on the public footpath between uh, Mulgai and Drimmon, and uh, the path also leads to Calern, but we won't be going as far as that today. There's still a few interesting spots that we're going to look at uh, as we head along this path though, so we'll, uh, we'll get to those shortly. Just beside the path on the West Highland Way is this little memorial. Um, it's to a thing called the Craig Alley and Fire, which um, basically at this spot in the 1920s, 30s, and uh, even the 40s, up to the wartime really, uh, was a place where people would come uh, to escape from, well, from the city, from Glasgow really mostly. Um, they tended to be young people, young men mostly, but not always. Um, often with quite radical ideas, socialists, communists, uh, thinkers, writers, poets, um, all of those sorts of people who would come and escape from the city out to the woods here at, uh, at Craig Allian. And they would camp here, um, they would stay here. There was always a fire burning on this spot for about 20 years from the mid-20s up, uh, up until the 1940s when, I suppose, when blackout and, uh, and wartime restrictions took place. Um, these people would come out here, they'd escape out into the hills, go and explore either perhaps uh, the hills of the Trossachs, Loch Lomond, Ben Lomond, um, maybe the Cree and Larrick hills, or if they could uh, get lucky with their hitchhiking even up to, to Glencoe um, and to go and climb those mountains. And these people were really the ones, uh, or some of the people who, uh, who fought for our rights uh, to explore the countryside as, as we can in Scotland with the right to roam and things like that. It's actually a really important memorial to those folk uh, that stands here. And it's, it's nice to be able to take a little break off the path 
um, have a wee, a wee rest and a wee think about, about these people. So we've now reached a very special place called Carbeth. Uh, it's most famous for its huts, like the one you can probably see just over my shoulder there. Um, the Carbeth huts have a long and complex history. Uh, they've been on the go since 1918, when they were sort of set up as almost um, as sort of a rehab centre before that was really a thing uh, for soldiers returning from the Second World War, or from the First World War, I apologise. Um, the obvious health benefits of being outside in the fresh air were well known by that point. And so um, they served as a place for, for these men to come um, and to, um, I suppose, to restore their health a bit. Um, but from then, they've also been used as kind of refuges away from the cities um, and towns like Glasgow, uh, Clyde Bank and so on, these big industrial towns where um, standards of living weren't particularly high. Um, and so it was a place where, where those people could come in and uh, get the health benefits that they needed from it as well. The Carbeth huts and I suppose the, the hutters, the people who live in them, um, have been a really important and special place for a lot of reasons, not just um, kind of the, the foundation. They've also been the site of a lot of um, land rights and struggles and tenants' rights and uh, they've kind of been a battleground for those things as well. Um, now the huts are sort of owned as a community cooperative company. And they, they took ownership of, of all of the huts in the area um, in 2013, I believe. Um, so it's a really, a really special success story, I suppose, for, um, for, for those in the land struggle and, and battling for land and tenants' rights. Um, a really special little place. So I'm going to step away from the West Highland Way at this point. Thank you for joining me on this bit of a walk this morning, um, first kind of half day or so of the trail. Um, if you'd like to watch the whole thing, I've got a link to it on my personal YouTube channel. I've got a video there, um, but I'll link that in the description for you to have a look at. Uh, and there's a bit more information about some of the things that we've seen down in that description as well. <music> This podcast has been made possible thanks to our supporters over on Patreon. You can find the link to that in the show notes below. Also, there are the links to all our social media for you to follow along for daily adventures. And of course, you can head over to our website, adventureshetland.com, for more information, all the information you might need. All the links that you might require are in the show notes for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I've been John and I will talk to you soon for more Shetland adventures.